if you have a look at the expectations, as you mentioned, inflation was um, anticipated to drop to 7.4%. And, of course, instead it came out at 7.6%. So inflation actually went up in the month of October. And why that's a problem is the Reserve Bank had been looking for a downward momentum in inflation to continue. By that I mean in July we saw inflation come out of 7.8%, then it was 7.6% in August, then obviously 75 in September, and now it should have been 74 But instead, as you know, it jumped up. And, of course, while it's a, it's a small move, you know, 76 and 7.5, importantly, we also saw what is known as core inflation rise. So if we take out the um, prices of food and fuel, non-alcoholic beverages, as you said, and, of course, as well, energy, that actually jumped up the inflation rate. The, you know, the rate at which prices are increasing in South Africa jumped up by 5, to 5% year on year from 4.7. And that really shows to us that price pressures are broadening across the economy. You know, they're becoming more widespread. And, of course, the Reserve Bank will be very worried about that, worried that inflation could become entrenched in South Africa at high rates. Hmm. Annabelle, you know, you look at food and you think, okay, I can understand. We all look and we complain about the rise in food prices. Non-alcoholic beverages, can you talk to us a little bit more about that? You know, what exactly are we talking about and what's happening in that sector? Uh, so non-alcoholic beverages are, are really just things like fruit, fruit juice, of course, you know, soft drinks, anything that's sold that, that, that you drink that doesn't have alcohol in it, that's a beverage. And, of course, you know, it's not a very large component. The main component is actually food, and that actually is where the big price pressures came through. The non-alcoholic beverages, your fruit juice component, that's actually a very small part of the overall sector that we're talking about, and that, you know, that, that didn't really see, um, you know, more price pressures than is already occurring in food. Food obviously seeing significant jump on international perspective. In October, we saw food prices rise by 1.4% month on month. And therefore, it wouldn't have been a surprise to us to see our food price increases also by about you know 1% month on month. And of course, actually, food price inflation, the rate at which food prices are increasing overall this year, and of course, you know, your fruit juices, your non-alcoholic beverages, mm. that rose by 12.3% year on year. It's the similar pace as the previous month, and it's actually the highest since about 2010. So really we're finding ourselves in a situation with persistent, very high food price inflation. And what about the impact of fuel prices on that? Yes, so, you know, you're quite right. This year we did see quite a big increase in fuel prices. However, you know, when we actually look at the month of October now, we didn't see a very big change. And even though we did see um, petrol prices come down by around one rand a litre, for example, and, of course, you know, we did see a little bit of movement on diesel prices, the fact that we actually saw the price of new motor vehicles, of, 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 actually of any cars sold, um, increase, that actually counted the drop in the petrol price, and that's why it really gave us a flat outcome overall for transport costs. They didn't provide any contribution month on month. You know, they didn't contribute to this increase that we saw um, in, in, in inflation because really it was rather driven by, you know, food as the main category and then just the broadening of price pressures we talked about, you know, the residual category, which is really just a little catch-all for, for all the other areas that, you know, see an upward inflationary pressure that are too small to record a reading on their own. But, you know, overall the bottom line is that um, price pressures have broadened, they've rise, the NTC could well give us a 100 basis point increase tomorrow. That means a 1% rise in interest rates. They were discussing that at the last Monetary Policy Committee meeting. And remember, that was in September. And, of course, now in November, they, they, they could deliver, deliver the 1% rise.
So I was just wondering, um, Annabelle, uh, whether that uh, expected interest rate hike tomorrow has anything to do significantly with uh, these inflation figures that we just spoke about or whether this was going to be the case anyway? good point. You know, the Reserve Bank does look at inflation um, six to 24 months out. So they're worrying already about inflation next year. And the figures today, I think, will worry them because it's shown this rise in core inflation. It's showing that even when you take out the big drivers of inflation that's occurred over this whole year, you know, food and fuel prices, and it it still shows inflation going up. So inflation really going up, you know, virtually from all sides. And the Reserve Bank worries that we're going to be stuck as a country with high inflation, you know, at 7.6%, 7.5%, as opposed to where we were um, before the pandemic, which was around 4.5%. And, of course, by hiking interest rates, Reserve Bank seeks to lower inflation expectations, to lower inflation itself, and to to bring it back to within the target range, because that's, you know, three to six percent, and we're above that. And where does this leave those consumers who have bonds to service, who have car notes to service, because it's just going crazy out here, Annabelle? That's the problem, you know. Not only are consumers being squeezed, on the one hand, by higher prices, they're also being squeezed, on the other hand, by higher interest rates. And the Reserve seeks to do that, the Reserve Bank seeks to do that in order to reduce the consumer's ability to spend so that they don't accept the higher prices. So they actually pull back from these higher prices and say, you know, there's less demand, which then actually helps um, to recalibrate the system to actually reduce the price, the pressure driving prices higher. Now, that's well and good if it's something you don't need, but if it's something that you do need, like food, it becomes a very difficult situation. Well, Annabelle, we'll leave it there for today. Thank you so much for your time. Annabelle Bishop is Chief Economist at Investec.